everybody. What's up? Welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. You're Sam. You're Bart. And we are so glad you guys decided to join us on our date this evening. Um, this one I think is going to be pretty good. We talked a little bit about this one. This came out last very episode. organically. I it did. Like it. it did. This one was one of the least um, least amount of thought we've had to put into a topic. Since ever? Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least in quite a while. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we'll get into that later. So this is date night at the coffee shop, as I stated before. For those of you that may be new time listeners, um, or first time listeners rather, um, welcome. This is this is us. This is our thing here. Yep. Um, we're glad you guys are checking us out. What Here's we do, deal. what we do every episode, we basically hang out. This is our date night. Yeah. We just kind of chat about whatever. Yeah. Um. We call it date night at the coffee shop. At the beginning of each episode, we'll we're not really in public because you know I'm yeah. not wearing real pants. We'll uh, yeah, and at the beginning of each episode, we'll typically try a new drink. Most of the time, it's going to be a coffee of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes something else, maybe a beer, maybe wine. Right now, you've Who got knows, a maybe very something else. large smattering of uh, choices in front of you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> finishing up from dinner, um, but. So we'll give you our uh, our take on you know on what we're drinking. Like I said, typically it's a new coffee that we've never tried before. We try to give you guys our opinion, our viewpoint, and uh, maybe who knows, give you guys some suggestions to try. Maybe something you think sounds interesting that may become your new uh, your your, your new, new fave. Your new fave. Which so uh, I think I have a new fave, and I think this the coffee that we tried a couple of times ago is going to be our new. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's what we do, and then from there we go on into the uh, the rest of the episode, which is really just us hanging out, talking. Um, we'll you know talk about our week, um, and then most of the time we'll have some kind of big topic that we talk about. You'll get it. Um, they can follow along. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory from there. Um, but so we're going to go ahead and get uh, get into it tonight. How um, was your week? Well, we got some other stuff to do first. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about the coffee first. That's yeah. Right. So, uh, our coffee tonight is from Stumptown Coffee Roasters. Uh, Stumptown, that's S-T-U-M-P-T-O-W-N. That's Boston, right? Um, I think so. Let me, let me Google that. Portland, Oregon is where this coffee roasters is from. She's checking on us. Checking on Stumptown for us. Yeah, so like Stumptown was like a TV show, but... Really? Yeah, it was uh, a crime show. Okay. Sounds very British. Oh, City of Portland. So I guess that's right. I don't know why I thought it was Boston. I don't know. No um, So Stumptown Coffee Roasters. Um, this one is their Hairbender uh, blend. Uh, it's a comic book. Sorry, the TV series Stumptown was a comic book. Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm I'm here now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it comes. It's it's pretty interesting looking bag. It's like this green looking bag. Um, it's uh, again, it's their Hairbender blend. It's a whole bean. It doesn't say here on the front here what kind of roast it is, but it does give some tasting notes of citrus and dark chocolate. It looks, whenever I was pouring it, it looks a little bit, and whenever I was 
grinding it. It looks like a light roast or a medium roast. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's take a look. Apparently, Stumptown Coffee Roasters, I believe, is a like a coffee shop chain up there, too. Um, it does say that it's hand roasted. Ooh. I wonder, like, what does that mean? Yeah, I think that means mostly that With they the stir thing. it by hand while oh. it's roasting. Cool, 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 cool. Um, this one, the hairbender. So apparently this one is like their signature, I guess, the one that they started with. Because it says, uh, uh, the coffee that started it all. Hairbender is our most popular coffee with good reason. It's sweet, complex, and balanced. We still serve this dynamic coffee in all our cafes as espresso, but it's a daymaker however you brew it. Hmm. Uh, we're Stumptown, and it's good to meet you. We are committed to sourcing, roasting, and brewing fresh coffee of the highest quality. For us, quality goes beyond the contents of our cups and is linked to the love and respect we show to our producing partners, our customers, the planet, and each other. Thank you for having coffee with us. How sweet. Um, so you can find them at stumptowncoffee.com. Um, you can also find their coffee on Amazon, I think, is where we got this one, right? Yes. Where we get most, most our, things in our lives. However, if somebody wanted to just send us coffee, I mean, we would yeah, absolutely for sure. love that. Yeah, no to doubt. try. Um, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll give this one a try. So again, this is supposed Which to have citrus notes. Which we have had somebody do that before, actually. Uh, yeah, like a company that yeah. uh, kind of sponsored us for an episode. Yeah, sorry. Um so again, this one is the Hairbender. Uh, it's got notes of citrus and dark chocolate. Let's Let me get give it a into sniff. It. I definitely can smell like the chocolate. Ooh. All right, let me go ahead and get my first sip here. Mm. Ooh, that is good. Mmm. I like that. Yeah, that's really good. It's like it's so smooth. Yeah. It is an interesting, um, mm. the, it's it's a very complex flavor. I do taste the, the citrus a little bit and then kind of the chocolate on the back end. Um, you don't really smell the citrus so much, but you can taste it a little bit on the, this is on really the, the good. forefront there. Yeah, this is really nice. I like this. Yeah. Um, so definitely high marks for Stumptown Hairbender. Give them a shot for sure. Yeah, I like this. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, add any creamer to this. Let's go ahead and move on into our episode tonight. So, uh, what's going on? How was your week? Uh-huh. Thanks for asking. So, work still busy. Yeah. Which is, ugh, but has to be expected. Good job, job security. security and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Thea kicked my butt this week, but she's cute. So. Yeah. So. Uh, for those of you that it. don't know, Sam <laughs> works for a, a company that... Um, I'm a health coach. Yeah, health coach. So a lot of... Uh, New Year's A lot stuff. of people really digging into their um, health goals for mm-hmm. their New Year's resolutions and whatnot. So yep. the first couple months or so of the year are pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. One of our, like best friends had a baby and we got to like meet the baby which was great this week that was super fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i've been cooking up a storm yeah so like it's been over- overall it's been a great week yeah just busy yeah just super a busy. lot to do yeah looking forward to the weekend oh, me too. a little odd this this time this week we're recording on friday which is kind of nice because yeah. you know we're done with the week now 
also it's weird because like I have no idea what I want to do tomorrow. Like not not I don't know. Like I mean I'm serving at church, but I have absolutely no idea what what this weekend holds. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, knows, tackle can one of those projects. Well, we'll see about that. Um, anyway, so <laughs> how's let's, your week? It's it's been not bad. Things are starting to slow down a little bit um, with my job, so it's getting a little bit less crazy, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, going on, doing the 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 drive, you know, yeah, the grind, the daily grind, yeah. So I've been like, I'm super excited with all the experimentation I've done with food this week, like. That just, like, makes me so happy. <laughs> Good. So, you want to get into our question? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, dive into our uh, therapy icebreaker yeah. questions. Okay. <clears throat> Do-it-yourself therapy. I don't understand this question. You will, probably, because you're super smart. Um, do you more often look for... Wait, do you... Hold on. Reading would be helpful. Do you look more often for the tragedy in the comedy or the comedy in the tragedy? That doesn't make sense because Shakespeare's comedies were actually tragedies. So what do they mean? It's not referencing Shakespeare, though. I know. Well, what, what does this mean? This means... Do you... Are you more likely to... Look at the bright side in a bad situation, or do you more often find yourself looking at the negative in a good situation? Oh, I have a high negativity bias. I am like, I am well prepared. I'm going to add to my LinkedIn profile something to the effect of how I have the ability to think around corners, and I'm like effectively prepared for almost every situation, and I, I I'm like able to effectively. Um, plan ahead for any possible outcome, which translation means I have anxiety and I worry about everything all the time. And I am about one missed medication away from being a doomsday prepper. So, <laughs> what about you? Mm, I'd say, I don't know, I guess it kind of kind of mix of both. Yeah. I'd say most of the time I kind of look at the positive. So I try not to let too many, you know, not to let too much stuff get to me. Try to roll with it. You definitely let it roll off my back, out, which is super helpful. You want to do another one? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Oh, huh. This is interesting. Um, for better or for worse, what music affects your mood? This is a really good one. This is like, I'll have to think about this one for a second. I don't know that music really does affect my mood so much. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I... And I'll say that because... Because you're weird, because you see music. You don't just hear it. It's weird. Yeah, well, I, anal- I analyze music so much. Well, you can, um, like, yeah, you're weird. So, well, I've spent so much time, like, reading and playing music and studying music that when I listen to music, it's more of a project, I guess. Yeah. So I'm like listening into the the harmonies and the dissonance and the chord structure, and I don't know. I guess I detach from it so much that it's more. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like it sounds like I don't really enjoy music. That it's more <laughs> of a chore. I do. I really enjoy it. It's just it doesn't. 
it doesn't not. affect me so much as much as I'm studying as it, studying it as it comes in. Like I said, you see music, you don't just hear it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Like, I really, so I started playing, the other day I started playing uh, some lo-fi beats for Thea. She loved it. She was, like, super all about it. And, like, it, I think that's, like, the modern equivalent of, like, jazz, you know? So, I think jazz is, is pretty good. Like, it, it calms me down. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Well, I think that depends on what kind of jazz you're talking about. Oh, are, like what's that? Is it atonal jazz? Is that is that a thing? Is that the stuff? The stuff that doesn't make any sense and it's yeah, just can hideous. Mm-hmm. Can be. Yeah, I hate that stuff. That gives me anxiety. Nobody likes that. Yeah, it's good. Nobody. Nobody. Um, one more. Yeah. Oh, I have a really, <laughs> I have a really good answer for this one. Oh, and by the way, if you say you like that, you're lying to yourself, and you're just trying to seem cool. <laughs> It's painful. Atonal jazz is painful. It makes absolutely no sense. There's a reason why chord progressions are chord progressions. And I'm not even a music person, and I know that there's a reason why, you know, certain things follow a certain order. Mm-hmm. It's physics. Yeah. It's physically uncomfortable to listen to atonal jazz. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Um, what embarrassing moment has stuck with you over the years? You mm-hmm. go first, because mine's going to be a trip. I'm trying to think. I, don't, I haven't really had that many embarrassing moments that I can think of. If I do, I don't really hold on to them. So I don't know. If you got one, go ahead. Okay, so the time when I was nine, and I was at a local uh, pizzeria, and I locked myself in the bathroom and turned the light off with my pants down, and I freaked out. That's really that was that's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Why'd you turn the light off? Everybody asks me that. Because I was like washing my hands and I think I don't know I don't know. I was nine. I don't know like the logic behind it. I can't like wrap my mind around like why I turn I think what happened was I washed my hands and I was like I hadn't like buttoned my pants yet. I had pulled them up but I hadn't buttoned them. And so I pulled them up, I was washing my hands, and I don't, don't ask me why I didn't button my pants, but like then I went to like open the door and turn the light off and button my pants like all in like one motion kind of thing, you know? <laughs> no, I don't know. You don't know. Anyways, I went to turn the doorknob and it was stuck and locked and I had to turn the light off and I couldn't find the light switch to turn it back on. And so I yelled, more like I screamed because I was, I'm terrified of the dark. Um, and then like in my frenzy, my pants fell down around my ankles. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then like somebody was able to, the owner of the restaurant came running and my parents came running and like I, there I was just standing there in front of everybody that came rescue like came to rescue the this damsel in distress with my pants around my ankles it was mortifying i bet <laughs> yeah i hate that so much so <laughs> you had just turned off the light yeah realized the door was stuck 
Mm-hmm. And you couldn't find the light switch. I couldn't find it. But you had just turned it off. Because I had done, like, one of those, like, one of those uh, slides, like, where you kind of, like, hit it, hit the wall, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. nonchalantly, like, oh, I'm just going to, like, open the door and, you know, do whatever. But you couldn't just do the same thing the opposite way? I tried, and I couldn't find it. I think, like, like I said, Bar, I panicked. I, I, I panicked. It was real <laughs> bad. I'm afraid of the dark. And I want to say that there was, like, some of, like, the hyperventilating hands, you know, where, like, the, the girl crying hands where it's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Mm. There was some of that, and then there was some, like, jumping up and down. I don't know. It's kind of a blur. But, yeah, the owner of the restaurant, Giovanni himself, was there that was embarrassing and like when he saw that there was this nine-year-old girl just like in her underwear standing right there screaming and crying he like turned around he's like oh no like (laughs) and then my parents were right there and my mom was laughing and my dad tried really hard not to laugh they told me after the fact that like they heard the scream and then they both looked at each other and was like no that's not her and then they heard it again, and they're like, yep. And so they, like, <laughs> got up and ran to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anyways, moving on. What's next? <laughs> um, Let's see. What's next is our topic, unless you want to do another question here. It's up to you. Yeah, let's do one more. We're moving along pretty quick tonight. Okay. Oh, this one's good. You won't have an answer for this one either. I'm going to skip it. Because you won't have an answer for it. Ooh, this one. I want to hear this one from you. What's the biggest lie you told as a child? The biggest lie? (sighs) (laughs) It is time for confession. I guess I would have to say... It can't be the car story. Why? It can't be the car story, because I've heard that a million times. It has to be a different one. That doesn't change the fact that it's the biggest lie. No, it has to be a different one. They haven't heard it. It has to be a different one. No, it doesn't have to be a different one. (laughs) Darn it. It's the best one. That's the one I've heard over and over again. So, they haven't heard it. Our listeners need to know. Need to know what a liar you are. Yeah. so. (laughs) So, when I was 16, um... I'd gotten a new car. It was like the day I got it. Yeah, it was the day we got the car. You weren't 16 yet. I think you were 15. No, I was 16. Okay. It was my second car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After the first one got wrecked. Um. <laughs> got wrecked. Yeah. That was a long story. But so my second car... We um, they picked it out. It was a Saturday, um, and then my parents told me, "Don't go anywhere." They had gone to some kind of dinner thing. Um, it was like one of those fundraiser steak dinner things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they had gone off to go do that. Um, in the meantime, I was hanging out at home. Um, they told me I couldn't go anywhere because they didn't have insurance on it yet. They were going to call the insurance. That Monday. Yeah, I think so. I don't really remember why. I guess that's why. I didn't really care at the time. Correct. None of that really made sense at the time. Oh, to be young again. And to be fair, now knowing what I know about insurance, it really didn't matter. 
Okay, continue to make excuses <laughs> for your poor behavior. Anyway. Anyway, so they said, don't go anywhere in the car. So I was like, okay, I won't go anywhere. <laughs> so they're gone for a while, and then I get a call from a buddy of mine. Um, he says that he's going to grab some dinner and ask oh, if I wanted to come. Yeah, at a local Mexican restaurant. It's like, it's so not very far. I could almost see it from my house. True. So I'm like, okay. It's, it's literally a block away. It's pretty close. Like, that's not a big deal. I can I can go take it up there and show my buddy my new car. It's exciting. So we go up there. I show him my car. We're all like, oh, so cool. Awesome. <laughs> We're having dinner and uh, hanging out. And then I get a call from my mom. And they're supposed to be gone, like, for a while. So they get back pretty early, I guess. So she calls me, and she's like, hey, uh, what's going on? I was like, oh, nothing, just just hanging around. And she's like, uh, where are you? I said, I'm at home. I'm not supposed to go anywhere. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sitting in the booth at the Mexican restaurant. Um, she says, well, we're at home. And I said... Oh, is that right? And they're like, yeah. She said, so where are you? And I said, well, I'm up at the up at the restaurant up here. Sorry, I came up here to see my my friend. And then, uh, so she was like, you better get home right now. So that was luckily I didn't really get in that much trouble about it, but it was the biggest. It was pretty funny. The most okay. It was the biggest lie that I've gotten caught telling. I'll put it that way. Oh. What's the biggest lie you haven't been caught for? <laughs> Do tell. Only if the statute of limitations has run out on it. I mean, it's been probably over a decade, but nah. No? Nah. Tell me off the air. Do I know this? Yeah, you know. Oh. Most of the things I've done. Most of the things that we've lied about, we've lied about because we were together doing those things. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. So. I mean, we never. Yeah. We would not. We're most not. of them involve illicit activities. So, things that should not be discussed on air. Oh, yeah. We don't want any record of that. So, we'll go ahead and... To be uh, fair, though, like, I can't stand up to interrogation, so... Yeah. So I'm not telling you anything. Yeah, don't tell me anything ever because the police are going to be like, we're your friend. And even though I listen to true crime and I know... The police are not your friend. Yeah. Even though I know this, I would still be like, oh, like they really are trying to help. They're so nice. They're, they're tr they gave me water. They gave me water. They put it in a plastic bag afterwards, but they gave me water. Like, that's so sweet. <laughs> All right, so moving on. We're going to go ahead and jump into our topic for this evening. Um, so for those of you that were listening in, uh, last week uh, we had mentioned that we were going to do this um, for this, this episode. Yeah, well, we I think we said that we were going to make that our topic too, though. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about idioms uh, this week. Um, so we're pretty. I'm pretty excited. Um, it's been one of the least prepared for I would say um, yeah. I just kind of like threw some stuff together that I found over the course of about 10 minutes 
Um, but there's there's so much to be found about it, and it's some pretty funny stuff. Yes. So we're talking idioms today. Um, so first, I wanted to just kind of read through some definitions here. So the actual like dictionary definition, this is from like dictionary.com. Um, let's see. The definition for idiom is a group of words established by usage as having a meaning not deductible from those of the individual words. So that's a really odd way to say something, but it's also second definition is a characteristic mode of expression in music or art. So that also is not really what people think of when they say think about idioms. So Wikipedia really saves us on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Wikipedia definition um, an idiom is a phrase or an expression that typically presents a figurative, non-literal meaning attached to the phrase. But some phrases become figurative idioms while retaining the literal meaning of the phrase. Uh, categorized as formulaic language, an idiom's figurative meaning is different from the literal meaning. Uh, idioms occur frequently in all languages. In English alone, there are an estimated 25,000 idiomatic expressions. Wow, that's a, that's a ton. Yeah. So basically, it's a, a you know, a, a, an expression that means something that's not really what is being said. Right. Um, it's duplicitous. In yeah. It's but there. typically, they actually, most of the time, do come from some sort of origin that's... Um, you know, similar to what the phrase actually is. Right. So. Um, Which is interesting to me. Yeah. So I found a few articles here. Um, one, I guess, let's see. No, we'll save that one. So let's first go. I've got one here that's just. Idioms are probably most of my vernacular. Mm-hmm. Really. Like, I speak in idioms a ton. Yeah. Also an idiom. Well, I don't know. Probably not. Is that an idiom? It's a metaphor, right? Analogy? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so here, I've got one. It's from EF.com. Never mm-hmm. heard of this website before. Uh, but it's 20 English idioms that everyone should know. Um, so this one was is like pretty common ones. And I never really thought about it, but when I started seeing some of these, I was just like, oh yeah, I do know like all of these. And, use them frequently and I never really you never really think about them being like an idiom or something but uh, so the first one is under the weather I do that um, one I, yeah I think use pretty that much one. everyone is yeah. is familiar with that one yeah I use that one a lot yeah and you it's so common that you don't really even think that like under the weather that has nothing to do with like not feeling well yeah and that's just weird uh, number two the balls in your court uh-huh yep Number three, spill the beans. Something I'm excellent at. <laughs> yeah, another one. You know, all these so common, you, you use them, like, as an afterthought without even really realizing that, like, that doesn't mean what you're saying. Yeah. Um, number four, break a leg. Mm. Number five, pull someone's leg. And maybe how they got it broke to start with. I've never used that one. Pulling someone's leg? Yeah. It's not, I haven't used it very often. And I haven't heard it used a ton. Yeah. A lot It's not as common. It's a little more corny now than it used to be. Yeah. Um, This one is... The way this one is... um, 
worded is a little bit odd, but I think the the root of it is still pretty common. Sat on the fence. Oh, I haven't heard it with sat on the fence, but like, yeah. I'm on the fence about yeah, this. Yeah, on the fence about something. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, just basically undecided. Well, that just makes sense. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, Number seven, through thick and thin. I like that one. Yeah. I don't use that one as often as I probably would like, but yeah. That I one's like one that of the one. ones that just seems a little bit odd, like what does that mean? You know, like most people, I mean, you, you realize like, you know, to be loyal no matter what is, yeah. you know, what it means here. But like, how do you get that from through thick and thin? Yeah. I don't know. Thick and thin what? So whenever you say that, what comes to mind is like briars. <laughs> I don't know why. Like forest. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Once in a blue moon. I like that one. Yeah, that one is that a good one. Very romantic and honestly, <laughs> I use. Well, I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, I use "Once in a Blue Moon" actually kind of frequently. You do probably more than "Once in a Blue Moon." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but the reason it's you, you think that it's so romantic is because of the same thing that I think of every time I hear the phrase is just the song "Blue, Blue Moon." Moon. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next one is the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, I love that one. That one's pretty good. I love um, that one. So, while we're on the subject of sliced bread. What? I think I've, I've heard something before. And let me Google something to make sure. Um, so, sliced bread was invented... In 1928. Hmm. So, Betty White was older than sliced bread. Aww. So. Rest in peace. Sliced bread was the best thing since Betty White. <laughs> That's cute. I like yeah. that. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, number 10, take it with a pinch of salt. What? Yeah, what does that mean? Basically, it means... Don't take it too seriously. Oh, kind of like... With uh, a grain of salt, you may yeah, have heard it. Yeah, okay. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Which I don't really understand where it comes from. Um, Maybe because salt's bitter? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, come rain or shine. Oh, I like that one too. Yeah. That one's a little bit... makes It kind of makes... Actually, just, just makes sense yeah. when you listen to it. So it doesn't really seem like it's... It's not quite an idiom or like, like a double... Like double speak, but... Yeah, I do like but it. It kind of is because you're not literally referencing rain. Yeah, true. true but true. you could be. Um, Twelve, go down in flames. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I just like the way it says here what it means is to fail spectacularly. Spectacularly, I like that. Yeah, if you're gonna do anything, especially if you're gonna fail, fail spectacularly. I like it. Uh, three, you can say that again. That doesn't really. Well, I guess because the, the way they've got it is that it means that's true. Well, oh, I guess like, that's true because you're not literally asking him to say that again because that yeah. would be annoying. Oh, and it's kind of like with, uh, what's that, uh, like, oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, that makes sense. Number uh, 14, C, I to I. That one's weird. <laughs> if yeah. you think about it, like, that's really weird. Yeah. 
I mean, I understand it. Like, see, it means like seeing something from like someone else's perspective, and you know, like. Well, not necessarily to to see it from someone else's perspective, but basically to agree. Yeah, to have the same. Uh, perspective. That, that we agree on this. We yeah. see eye to eye about it. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Fifteen, jump on the bandwagon, and this is one I've been interested. Um, I don't know where this came from. The bandwagon was. I don't know. Whenever you say that, I think of uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Yeah. The whenever the campaign bandwagon is driving around and singing like "Stay on the Sunny Side." Oh yeah, I do love that movie. Yeah, that movie that's is one of my favorites. Whenever somebody says, "Oh, jump on the bandwagon," like that's the image that comes to mind. <laughs> it's like an actual bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, sixteen. This one. This one is is nice. Uh, it's as right as rain. Aww. I always just think of the Matrix. Um, hmm. With the Oracle lady in oh. the first Matrix, mm. she says something about, oh, you'll be right as rain. Mm. I just always think about that lady whenever I hear that phrase. Uh, 17, beat around the bush. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Probably because I do that frequently. <laughs> this is one of those that I literally think about like the literal meaning of that every time I hear it. I don't know why, but I just think like somebody oh, beating around the bush. I just hear think of somebody like hitting like around like this bush with like a stick. And it's just like the image pops in my head every time. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's like the only one of these that, that does, but for some reason that one just it, it hits literal with me every time I hear it. I like it. Uh, eighteen hit the sack. Oh that one's yeah. That one's nice. Yeah, I like that one because it's like so I don't know. Like, it, it you feel something <laughs> whenever you hear it. Almost like you're like, yeah. oh yeah, like that feels good. You know? Yeah, you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go hit the sack. Like it just sounds like I'm gonna really relax right now. Yes, yes, I love it. Uh, Nineteen missed the boat. Oh yeah, which you almost did. Yeah. See, <laughs> I don't take this one really as an idiom <laughs> because that um, actually happened to you. Yeah, we almost missed. Actually, <laughs> literally missed the boat. <laughs> I think we've talked about that on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah. Um, and then number 20, the last one, By the Skin of Your Teeth. That one weirds me out. Yeah. I don't it like does. that one. It, it, it does. Like I, I've used it. I, I don't use it a lot, but I use it, you know, it just fairly gross. It's enough. It's so gross. But it is just weird. I'd always, I just think it's like do, the sweaters. Like, I do, well, no, I always just <laughs> teeth sweaters. Yeah. Have you never heard of that? Teeth sweaters? No, I've never heard of teeth sweaters. Where can I find these? <laughs> like got sweaters on your teeth. Like, <laughs> are you talking about plaque? <laughs> I've never heard someone <laughs> refer to plaque as teeth sweaters. <laughs> So when I was little, I was like, why do my teeth, I told my mom, I asked my mom, I was like, why do my teeth feel fuzzy? And she's like, oh, you have teeth sweaters, you need to brush your teeth. Okay. Is that not a thing? That's, <laughs> I've never heard of that. Is that not a thing? I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> Please, someone tell me if you have ever had teeth sweaters before. Tell me this if this is a thing. If anybody uses the phrase sweaters on your teeth or teeth sweaters, please let us know. Please let us know. Oh my 
gosh. I need to know this. Oh I always God. just think of like, like just like like layers like coming off of your teeth yes. or something oh, like that. Oh, it's gross. Like skin of your teeth is just gross. Yeah. I'm gonna, I need to text my mom and ask her if that's an actual thing or if she just made that it's up. It's definitely might be real, not a thing. <laughs> I'm gonna be real embarrassed. You should be. <laughs> this might be your next embarrassing story. Yeah. Because this one's going out to the world. <laughs> All right. Oh um, did you have anything? Because I've actually got two more articles. Yeah, so I've got one. Um, I was actually doing some looking at idioms and one really stuck out to me that I really like. It's called, it's a, a storm in a, in a teacup. A storm in a teacup. I feel like I've heard this before, but only like a couple of times. And it's excessive, like enthusiasm or rage. So like excessive emotion about a minor matter. Mm, okay. I like that one. I saw that one. I was like, oh yeah, like that, that, that described me. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like the same concept as making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, another one that I saw was put your foot in it, which like like foot in your mouth, is that like the same thing? <sighs> yeah, yes. But here's the thing. Yeah, it says to say something by mistake that upsets, humiliates, or embarrasses someone. But like I've heard that here in the South, like oh, like put he put his foot in it or whatever, like for it to be like good, right? Isn't that a thing? Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> Not that I know of. Put his foot in it. Yeah. Anyways. So I'm from the South. And I'm from the country. So, I mean, if you're talking about somebody just like putting their foot in something, it's usually not good. Okay. I don't know then. Because we have a lot of cow pastures. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call your mom. So I need to like I'm making a list. I don't know. This might be a thing. I don't know. I I I don't know. (sighs) Anyway, so another one that I saw was uh, pour oil on troubled waters. I feel like I've heard that like when I was little in church or something, but I don't really get it. Yeah, to try to calm, soothe, or placate a problematic situation. Okay. Okay, so there are twenty bizarre idioms that like. And like how to explain them. So Bob's your uncle is one of them. I've heard that a lot, and I don't really get it. Uh, it's used to conclude like a set of instructions, much much like the French, et voila. Huh? Much like voila. So just uh, what was the definition part there? Usually used to conclude a set of instructions. So okay. Just so add just, a dash, just like, dash of salt, Bob's your uncle, like, and and then you're done. And like, I mean, that's it. Like, so yeah. it literally it doesn't add anything. It doesn't. So it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. It has no value to what you're adding it to. <laughs> oh, I like this one. All mouth and no trousers. Trousers. All mouth and no trousers. Mm-hmm. That sounds dirty. <laughs> Used to describe a person. Usually male who is boastful but can't back himself up or makes idols. Idol so threats. it is dirty. That's what makes boastful but can't back himself up or makes idol threats. Oh, often used in a sexual context for obvious reasons. Oh, it is dirty. Yep, yep. <laughs> that rem- all mouth I- and no trousers means there's not a lot in the trousers. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But th- that reminds me of the one like your mouth writing checks that your ass can't get cash. Yeah. That one. This is the same kind of concept. Yeah. But less embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) 
Less embarrassing, yeah. Less like inflammatory. Uh, chew the fat, which is I think the same as chew the cud. I guess. Which is like basically up. just. Just, shoot the breeze. Just, or, yeah, shoot the breeze. Just, which we're not defining anything. We're just saying more. Yeah, more. More. Idioms. more <laughs> just traveling down a rabbit hole of idioms. Um, this is one I hadn't heard. Damp squid. Something Aren't that, most squids damp? Uh, something that fails to meet expectations. I I feel like I would expect a squid to be damp. Yeah. This reminds me of wet blanket. Like. That reminds me of I don't get the wet blanket thing. But, yeah, like... And I don't understand how this... This this is ironic. Tagging on to to last week's... um, Last week's hot take. Oh. So, yeah, I don't... I have an origin. You You do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, the phrase is not actually damp squid. Uh, damp squids probably wouldn't be considered failures, judging by their watery abodes. This one apparently exactly. comes from the name of a dud 19th century explosive mining device, a damp squib. Oh. Um, that was a squib that failed to perform until, or because it got wet. Oh, okay. A squib is like a like a explosive charge. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And yeah. so it, it was a dud because it got wet and couldn't ignite. Now that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's what I got. Okay. Uh, so I've got some more that are kind of like that. It's 14 expressions with origins that you would never have guessed. Uh, we can go one. through all of them or just a few? We can go through all of them unless you don't want to. Oh, let's, let's see. All right, so we've got bite the bullet. Ooh, that uh, meaning one. to accept something difficult or unpleasant. So that one, I so I want to use that one a lot. That one and like, oh, just pull the trigger kind of thing. Like, those are two that I really want to use a lot, especially at work. But I'm like, I can't really do that because I feel like that has some really negative connotations to it. So, so. you just need to bite the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> so the origin of this one is in the olden days when doctors were short on anesthesia or time during a battle they would ask the patient to bite down on a bullet to distract from the pain oh that's not what I thought the first thought. recorded use of the phrase was in 1891 in the light that failed I guess that's a book or something hmm. yeah that's not what I thought that meant at all what did you think it meant I thought it was a reference to um, unaliving yourself Oh, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's interesting. I actually knew that already. Uh, The next one, break the ice to break off a conflict or commence a friendship. Um, Ice fishing? Is that what you think? All right, let's see. Origin. Back when road transportation was not developed, ships would be the only transportation and means of trade. At times, the ships would get stuck during the winter because of the ice formation. Uh, or because of ice formation, the receiving country would send small ships to break the ice to clear a way for the trade ships. This gesture showed affiliation and understanding between two territories. That's cute. I like it. Yeah. Butter someone up to impress someone with flattery. <clears throat> what it means. I mean, like, so that things, quote-unquote, go over smoothly, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So the origin... This was a customary religious act in ancient India. 
the devout would throw butter balls at the statues of their gods We're to actually seek talking actual butter not turkeys yes <laughs> okay yes <laughs> would throw balls of butter i should say um, at the statues of their gods to seek favor and forgiveness huh. they, so they would butter them up that's cool I like for their that. favor yeah. i like that especially since like butter comes from like cream and like cream it comes from cows yes this is from India. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, cream of the crop kind of thing. Like, it's, like, the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, <laughs> mad as a hatter. Oh, I know where this one comes from. To be completely crazy. I know where this one comes from. So, I'm going to go ahead and read this one. Uh, the origin says... It's wrong, isn't it? The origin says, no, you didn't already know this one. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's the first line of the origin story on this, is, no, you didn't already know this one. Because it didn't originate from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. No, it didn't. Okay. No. Its origins date from the 17th and 18th centuries. Yep. Well, before Lewis Carroll's book was published in 17th century France. So where do you think, where are you going with it? Matt is a hatter. Like, it's from the, like, mercury and, like, the hat, right? Or, like, not the mercury, but, like, the metal. From the, the, the lining of the hat. Yeah. Yes, I believe you're right. Yeah. Actually, because I knew that story too. Um, so let's let's see. Uh, before uh, seventeenth in seventeenth century France, poisoning occurred among hat makers mm-hmm. who used mercury for the felt for the hat felt. Yeah. Okay, so that was a little bit different. Um, the Mad Hatter disease was marked by shyness, irritability, and tremors that would make the person appear mad. So I did know that it was in the hat. I didn't realize it was in the felt. I didn't realize it was. I, I thought, thought it was, it was a metal. In, yeah, there was like a ring yeah. in it that I had always heard yeah. that that's what it came from. But I just thought that was funny that it came from. That's actually where the character was based from, was from that, this Mad Hatter disease. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, cat got your tongue, meaning asked to a person who is at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, origin, the English Navy used to use a whip called the Cat of Nine Tails for flogging. The pain was so severe that it caused the victim to stay quiet for a long time. Another possible source could be from ancient Egypt, where liars and blasphemers' tongues were cut out and fed to the cats. So we're not sure which one of these are the actual origin. I would think that the older one from Egypt, but I, th- I guess they're thinking that that may not have actually sparked a phrase. Hmm. I think is is the only question here of, of what which one is the actual origin. That's that's morbid. <laughs> yeah, both of them are. Yeah, but pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next one, barking up the wrong tree. The meaning is to have misguided thoughts about an event or situation. A false lead. Does that have to do with like fox hunting? I think so. Origin, this refers to hunting dogs that may have chased their prey up a tree. The dogs bark, assuming that the prey is still in the tree when the prey is no longer there. Nice. Uh, The next one, turn a blind eye. To ignore situations, facts, or reality. I I don't know where that one's from. What were you going to say? No, I was gonna say like that. Like that one's weird. Like, oh yeah. Turn a blind eye. I don't um, know where that one's from. 
the British naval hero Admiral Horatio Nelson had one blind eye. Once, when the British forces British forces signaled for him to stop attacking a fleet of Danish ships, he held up a telescope to his blind eye and said, "I do not see the signal." He attacked, nevertheless, and was victorious. Hmm. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, like it. All right, uh, we've got a handful more. Uh, the next one, bury the hatchet. To stop a conflict and make peace. Doesn't that have some indigenous meaning? I think so. I think you're on the right track with this one. Uh, this one dates back to the early times North America uh, when the Puritans were in conflict with the Native Americans. When negotiating peace, the Native Americans would bury all their hatchets, knives, clubs, and tomahawks. Weapons literally were buried and made inaccessible. Hmm, that's interesting. And might have had a little bit to do with the uh, taking over yeah. <laughs> of their areas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, caught red-handed, to be caught in the act of doing something wrong. This originates from an old English law that ordered any person to be punished for butchering an animal that wasn't his own. The only way the person could be convicted is if he was caught with the animal's blood still on his hands. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, this next one. I've heard the phrase a lot and I never really thought about the origin. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, yeah. I don't know where uh, this one came from. It means but... don't get rid of valuable things along with the unnecessary ones. Uh, now, the origin, you won't believe this one. In the early 1500s, people only bathed once a year. Stop. Not only that, but they only bathed in the same water. <gasps> they also bathed in the same water without changing it. Stop. The adult males would bathe first. Then the females, leaving the children and babies to go last. By the time the babies got in, the water was clouded with filth. The poor mothers had to take extra care that their babies were not thrown out with the bathwater. Surely not. like That surely just had to be like a joke. Like, oh, it's so cloudy, you'll lose the baby in there. So I don't think that actually happened, but yeah. Well, no, the whole once a year thing is crazy. But like sharing bathwater, yeah, I, I knew about that. My mom and dad did that. When they were kids, they didn't have indoor plumbing. When mom and dad were growing up, they would they would set like a they would get a bath, they would have a bathtub like set set up, and they would like run the bath water for the night, and they would like all take their turns bathing. That's I'm I don't really have words. Yeah, I don't have words. <clears throat> Yeah, I've, I've actually seen, like, one of the tubs. With, with, they had one of the tubs like that in the old chicken house at Granddaddy's. Hmm. Yeah, so they would they would just fill up, like, the, the tub for the night, and then, like, the parents would, uh, you know, take their baths and then the children. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have running water. I think it's more so the once-a-year thing that gets me. The once-a-year thing is weird. I mean, it's the 1500s, I guess, so it's... They were like dirty peasants. <laughs> dirty peasants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I didn't really care. Um, let's see. We got one, two, three, four left. You want to do them all, or? Sure. 
All right. So give a cold shoulder. Uh, being unwelcoming or antisocial towards someone. This one in medieval England, it was customary to give a guest a cold piece of meat from the shoulder of mutton, pork, or beef chop when the host felt it was time for the guest to leave. <laughs> this was a polite way to communicate, you may leave now. <laughs> oh my gosh. The passive aggressiveness of like, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> uh, go the whole nine yards uh, to try your best at something. This one, during the world uh, during World War II, the fighter pilots were equipped with nine yards of ammunition. When they ran out, it mean that they had tried their best at fighting off the target with the entirety of their ammunition. Hmm, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let one's hair down to relax or be at ease. Uh, the origin of this one in public, the aristocratic women of medieval time were obliged to uh, appear in elegant hairdos mm. that were usually pulled up. I the only this time, thing. <laughs> the only time they would let their hair down was when they came home and relaxed. Speaking of, I'm gonna take my hair down right now. Been in the, well, there you go. Been in a bun all day because Theo pulls my hair. Uh, and then the last one, rub the wrong way to bother or annoy someone. The origin for this one, early Americans during the colonial times would ask their servants to rub their oak floorboards the right way. The wrong way, not wiping them with dry fabric after wet fabric, would cause streaks to form and ruin it, leaving the homeowner annoyed. Alternatively, it could have derived from rubbing a cat's fur the wrong way. Which I like that one better. <laughs> that one makes more sense. Yeah, that one makes more sense. Yeah. So, that, that was a little bit longer. I've got another one here. I don't know if you want to go through it or not. Hmm. Uh, just another. It's uh, 18 unusual idioms from around the world. Nah. Okay. Some of them are pretty, they're just really weird sayings. Give me your, your top three. Top three. Okay. Um, let's see. Ooh, some of these are really weird. <laughs> I'll go through, let me just do a few of these. Yeah, share it with me afterwards. All right. Um, so the first one, stop ironing my head. Uh, this is a phrase from, it's an Armenian phrase. Uh, it means stop annoying me. That's a weird one. Stop ironing my head. Yeah. Um, this one. Emit smoke from seven orifices. <laughs> it's a Chinese phrase. Uh, to emit smoke from seven orifices, orifices means to be extremely angry. You might be wondering exactly what the orifices in question are. So just to clear things up, eyes, ears, nostrils, and mouth. Mm. You're counting. Yeah. <laughs> counting, yeah. Um, let's see. You'll skip through some of these. This one I like. It's a Mongolian phrase. God bless you, and may your mustache grow like brushwood. Uh, and as you would expect from the first part of this, it is um, a response to a sneeze. Um, so it says, you may think bless you is a perfectly adequate response to a sneeze, but Mongolians would beg to differ. They prefer the more comprehensive, um, which wishes a fine blessing. And then it's got the translation here, and I don't know how to pronounce this. I'll try it. Burkan Orshu Butin Chini Sakhal Urga. Yes, nailed it. God bless you and may your mustache grow like brushwood, uh, which wishes a fine blessing upon your mustache as well. Um, let's nailed see. It. 
Some of these are just weird. Um, hang noodles from someone's ear. I'll just read through some of these without going into the de details of all of them. Um, live like maggot and live like a maggot in bacon. Ew! <laughs> no, that's gross. Uh, dumplings instead of flowers. That one's Japanese. Translating literally, dumplings instead of flowers refers to choosing something useful over something pretty and decorative. Mm -hmm. You can't pluck feathers off a bald chicken. <laughs> I like that cute. one. Uh, ride an elephant to catch a grasshopper. Ride an elephant to catch what? It's tie. Refers to putting in a lot of work and getting little in return. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. As clear as dumpling broth. Ah, that's good. Um, let's see here. Getting stuffed in, getting stuffed with hay. It's Polish, meaning uh, an instruction to get stuffed with hay. Needless to say, this isn't an expression you direct at someone toward whom you feel fondly. What? Oh, I don't. Uh, there's not really a definition there. It's just making a comment about it. Mm -hmm. And number eighteen, a dog in church. Um, it's an Italian phrase, apparently. The dog may be man's best friend, but at least in Italy, that friendship does not extend to places of worship. Um, the Italian unca... I'm not even going to mess this one up. Uh, it refers to an unwanted guest. Oh, huh. I don't, I don't get that. That reminds me of like, the, the idiom about, like, oh, I'm sweating like a sinner in church kind of thing. Well, never heard it you never quite heard so toned down. Oh, Sweating like a whore in church is the way I've always heard it. Oh, well. 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 Anyways. Well, anyways. <laughs> That's, those are good. Yeah, I thought some of those were pretty interesting. I'm going to start using some of those. Yeah, I like those. I really like the storm in a teacup, like I said earlier. That one's good. Yeah. But I like the ride, a, ride an elephant to catch a grasshopper. That one is pretty good. It's, it's profound. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. So that was our topic on idioms. Um, do you have anything else you want to discuss pull. while we're? No, like I'm wondering, do you want to move on to like our hot takes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I really have anything tonight. I know. I'm trying to think. So I, we, I just talked about this at dinner about like the access to baby led weaning stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not really a hot take. I'm just like, I'm just really upset that like access to like convenient health and nutrition information for babies is like so inaccessible. <laughs> yeah, and it's just kind of the. For it's, some back. It's almost like, well. What yeah, for some background, like I like we're trying to do some baby led weaning stuff and I've downloaded some apps to prevent from having to like Google everything all the time because um, like having convenient information about how to serve certain items is like really nice. But every single app that I've downloaded costs money for like additional things like recipes or like how to like logging the food or like and noticing any interactions that you may right. have. Like, that costs extra. Right. And so, basically, just the idea that, like, something that sh should be used for... Like, nutrition. For healthy... Yeah, like, nutrition, healthy living, and especially when it comes to 
um, raising a child and making sure that your child is, is healthy and safe. Yeah. Um, shouldn't cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, I get it. Like I, like I said earlier, like, I get it. You're paying for the expertise of, like, dietitians and nutritionists specifically for babies. And, like, you're paying for experts. Like, I get it. I absolutely get it. But it's just so frustrating that convenience, when it comes to that specific thing, costs so much money. Yeah. And it's not the fact that, like, oh, I don't want to have to pay for anything. Because it's not like we, we can't afford to pay. Yeah. For something if we had to, like you were saying. But it's just the fact that, like, there are some parents out there that, that can't. Yeah. And that's not um, right. Like, yeah. And that's not okay. Because, um, like, yes, you could Google this, like I said. But why? Whenever there are literally apps already built that, you like, oh, it's yeah. just, it's so frustrating. There should just be more done to, like, push, like, health like nutrition education and like early development nutrition and stuff like that especially for infants and babies yeah Um, and that should be very easily accessible and negligently priced or like minimally priced to free if possible for most things just because like it's necessary yeah exactly Um, and especially since nutrition is so important in the first like couple of years yeah and it just goes to show you too like the difference between like like cheap food and healthy food mm-hmm. it's like being healthy shouldn't shouldn't be like a rich man's pleasure exactly. or like a exactly. it shouldn't be a privilege yeah like being able to to have healthy options and yeah. healthy information shouldn't shouldn't be limited to the privileged yeah absolutely yeah, i get what you're saying like yeah. there's been a lot of studies and I, I actually was listening to a ted talk a while back too about like they've been doing some some studies where they show like um, they'll they'll like just give like stipends to like low income families, especially like single mother families and stuff like that. Kind of like WIC and like EBT. Well, kind of, but like like literally just like giving them some money, mm-hmm. and they did it in like varying stages. So they had like some groups where they would give like these families like I don't know like you know, $50 a month or like yeah. $500 a month or like even like a thousand or $2,000 a month. Like they would do it in like these different stages. And there was like a direct correlation of like brain development mm-hmm. in those children. Yep. The more that a child has, the more income and like the, you know, because the more that they have buy better food. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even just like, a, they have better opportunities, but they're getting better nutrition mm-hmm. and they're, they're getting better, and experiences means, and so that's means, that's like directly like like they are directly developing better better healthier more mm-hmm. well-rounded mm-hmm. because of that and that also means that that mother if she knows that she's getting or like that family they know they're getting this this set amount of money as a stipend they can say no to that third shift for the day so that they can spend time with their kid yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? They so, can and, maybe not have to work two, three jobs. Yep. And they can spend time with their kid and like instead of and like not that there's anything wrong with this, but instead of like letting the T V babysit their kid. Does that make sense? Like yeah. like you have to do sometimes. Like, yeah, or I mean just like generally just not ever seeing your kid. Yeah, exactly. Because like the fam the familial bond in the first year is so important. Like I could talk about this all day long. But, like, we've been talking at work, too, about how, like, health itself is morally neutral. 
and how like it's really important that like we come from a place of unconditional positive regard and it really is morally neutral because there are people who are born with health conditions uh-huh. and like how privileged it is to like live in this wellness like health and wellness sphere and it's like you you have to be cautious whenever you say things like that because people who are born with conditions like they're not any better or worse than somebody else like you have to be really careful with how you present information right because it's like oh like being healthy being healthy being healthy and like you can say that all day long and make all these choices but if you're born with a condition like health looks different for everyone and you yeah. have to be cautious so yeah we talk about that yeah a lot, the bars are set different for everybody yeah but oh yeah anyways that's my hot take about the like i said i could talk about that for hours but my hot take is it should be easily accessible because babies don't ask to be born. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you, it's not their fault if their parents can't afford like certain types of nutrition. Like that's not their fault. Yeah. Well, I mean, even a lot of times it's not even the parents fault that they can't afford that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, and placing blame, I should probably go back and like correct myself. Like placing blame is not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Regardless. And I mean, at the same time, like I get it because like, there are people behind these like apps and companies and stuff that are like, you know, they need to get paid too so yeah. that they can provide and, you know, do what they do. But there Absolutely. should be some sort of like programs that are making sure that, that these things are adequately provided to everyone. Yep, exactly. So that's my hot take. <laughs> or what, again, like I'm not watching TikTok these days, so it's more like Sam's hot take, but that's kind of Yeah, thing. that was kind of. <laughs> hot take for both of us um that one got really heavy there at the end yeah uh did you have anything else you want to talk about i don't really have a, another hot take i don't think not that i can think of right now uh no i don't think so i'm reading a good book called how to break up with your phone so that yeah. should be that should be interesting i definitely you're realizing how much you you're on your phone a lot yeah what what's your battery at right now uh, right now my battery is 69%. Mine is at 6%, so... 6%. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's 8.30 at night. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you charged it at all today, too? No. Okay. No. So... Which is surprising. Like, it would it would have been dead before now, like, on, norm, <laughs> on normal days. So, I'm making progress. Well, kudos for progress. Yes. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and call this a night. Uh, this one was a pretty good one. I've enjoyed this talking about this one. Yeah, this one. Um, there's a lot you can say about idioms. And a lot you can say with idioms. <laughs> so, uh, we'll go ahead and call it a, call it a night then. Uh, we're glad you guys uh, joined us for this one. Um, so, we will see you guys next week. Again, our coffee tonight was really good. It was from Stumptown Coffee Roasters. This was the Hairbender blend. Um, check them out, uh, stumptowncoffee.com. You can find them on Amazon as well. Um, and it's not Boston, it is Portland, Oregon. It's definitely not Boston. So, um, yeah, so, so, so send us, you can reach out to us. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, what was it? We wanted them to. Let us know the origin of, or something, some phrase. Oh, teeth sweaters. If you've ever heard of teeth sweaters, please let us know. Please let us know. We are dying to hear um, if teeth sweaters are ever, have ever been a thing. Spoiler alert, they haven't. I'm telling you they're a thing. (laughs) And also the thing about put your foot in it. 
Like stick your foot in it. Stick your foot in it or whatever. No, that one might. I mean, that one might. I don't know. I don't know. Those two. But and send us coffee if you want. Tea sweaters aren't a thing. But yeah, if you got any tea suggestions on uh, on any coffee you have, maybe you've tried and you, you think we should, should give it a shot, or maybe something you've heard of and you want us to try for you if you've been too afraid to try it, we'll, we'll do it. Um, if you got anything you want to hear us talk about, send us some suggestions. You can email us at datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach us on Instagram at date night at the coffee shop. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, other than that, like, share, subscribe. You can find us anywhere you get our you get your podcast. Uh, we're on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and something else that I always forget the name of. Oh, now you forgot the name of it. Amazon Music. Amazon Music. Tune in. Tune in. That was the one. <laughs> I always forget that one. Yeah. And then our host is Podbean. Um, so thanks so much, guys. We really appreciate you all tuning in to us each week. It's it's fun to see where Leave all our where all our downloads are coming from. Yeah, give us give us me. some ratings. What is it, a star system? Or I think a thumbs it's a star up? System. Yeah, it's a star system. So yeah. Give us five stars. That'd yes. be cool. Or I give mean, us really however many stars you want, but as please long as it's not one. give us five stars. Just just go give us five. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah thanks so much guys Um, we'll see you guys next week bye bye bye